0: Welcome to the Ecclesia Podcast. Join us as we engage in conversations about what it means to be the church in this age. We believe God is calling the church into a different mode of being, living beyond the status quo.
1: Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us today on our new podcast, Ecclesia A Look at the Local Church. My name is Marissa Burns and I'm the KID Director here at KGF. And today I have joining me Garth Walker, our Caring Communities Pastor. Welcome, Garth.
2: Thank you, this is good to be here.
1: Oh, we're glad you're here. And we also have Phil Wagler back, our lead pastor. Welcome, Phil. Hello, Marissa. Oh, it's good. We're gathered and uh, we're actually gonna start our conversation today with our vision statement because I feel like it's a, it's a beautiful grounding point for conversation, uh, at least for our church. And it's to co-create communities where each of us is awakened and equipped to live out the unique calling God has for us. And on our last podcast with Kevin and Phil, we spent some time talking a bit about the journey that our church has been on for the last few years in order that we can orientate ourselves to how God has equipped us for this season and for what he might be leading us into in the future and i would encourage you to spend some time listening to that Uh, we focused on this idea of a wake-up call and we listened to or we talked about even the song petra Um, hey petra yes which i had no idea who they were um, that's in my youth that's
0: disturbing because they were awesome
1: (laughs) i'm so ashamed (laughs) don't walk in shame
0: don't walk in shame
1: um and we brought this conversation uh around to the fact that we're being awoken to something we're on a precipice moment um and that god has actually been equipping us this entire time Mm. Um, and this week i really wanted to build off more of the the what god is calling us into and the unique calling that god has has us into um and it frames around maturity And maturity has been a massive conversation over the last little while, specifically a couple weeks ago when Phil um, spoke on Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 16, where it talks about the equipping of the saints. Um, And I wanted to start with a quick summary of hubs, because we're gonna be talking a lot about that. So Phil, if you could kind of give a quick summary of that.
0: Yeah, sure, Um, well, as we, As as we know, if you're familiar with KGF Church, there's this this space in our building called The Hub, which is a great title, by the way. It's like it's a great moniker. Um, But I'm I'm interested, actually, culturally, how that that little phrase is actually quite prominent in these last few days. Just Mm -hmm. even yesterday, the NHL announced a plan to return to play around two hub cities. Mm -hmm. Right. And. Uh, the NBA is looking at Disney World potentially as a hub out of which they would return to play, mm. and essentially, what's happening right across the culture is you have this recognition that we are going to do the things we used to do, but it's going to be very different. Mm. And I'm fascinated that that word is being used everywhere. I don't think I don't think there was a I don't know the intentionality between calling the hub here in our building some what it was, but it's actually a beautiful. A beautiful word. It's mm. you know indicates this place out, which is kind of the uh, a centralizing place, but it actually indicates movement, and because uh, a, a, a the hub of a wheel is <laughs> keeping that movement together, right? Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting culturally this word is being used uh, when we've been thinking about it uh, over the last number of weeks as a staff team and bringing the board into that conversation. It's like, okay, well, we can't gather like we used to, you know, to use the hockey metaphor, perhaps. We can't, we can't play the game like we used to. So what is that now going to look like? How, how will we do that? How will we be a people who are gospeling and fellowshipping? And could it be that the Spirit of God is actually moving the church into, into a, a, a more fruitful moment? where we where we understand that our purpose as the people of God is not merely to gather which is one crucial part it's a it's a spiritual discipline actually to gather with others uh, to worship to be in the word together but there's, one of the pieces that gets missing in in kind of how we have done church and I you know I'm a pastor it's what' it's what what I do it's what we do right Garth mm-hmm. <laughs> that you should be doing <laughs> yeah and you know Marissa you serve children's stuff and there's 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 this desire to be with people but but um, maybe even more so over the last few weeks where people really want to be together but there's also how do we be together differently and what is the spirit moving us toward where in smaller groups, uh, more localized groups, where you're paying attention to the neighborhood, um, the part of the city that you have a responsibility for. God, we can, we can decide, well, I decided to move there, or can say, actually, God placed me there. Mm-hmm. And if God placed me there, then it's not just for utilitarian reasons. It's just not so that I have a place to go to uh, and a garden to tend or whatever it is, right? it's not just my castle. It's actually that I'm a, I've been sent somewhere Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm paying attention to my own neighborhood and recognizing it in different ways than I have uh, over, over these last few weeks. So, so a hub as we've been wrestling it through would be, what does it look like for KGF to be localized in a place, uh, Even just a few people, and the government standards are still saying fairly small groups, right? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, what does that look like? What does it look like to pay attention to being a gospeling and fellowshipping people together? And what kind of leadership does that require? So, what kind of shepherding presence is needed? Who, what does it mean for in the language of Ephesians 4, which you referenced, what does it mean for apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to be? uh maturing one another and thereby maturing the church and equipping the saints so that the ecclesia, the church, is taking responsibility for even the smallest plot of ground, mm-hmm. right? Like and so that, personally that inspires me because I think of our people and KGF and I mean every local fellowship just has absolutely amazing people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like people are incredible they're they're amazing with so many gifts often that aren't utilized and so so what what would it look like into the next year for k g f to be a dispersed people but a hubbed people a gospeling and a fellowshipping people in smaller ways, including every generation um these are things I'm wondering uh I mentioned last sun in last sunday's message like Big ideas are one thing, living them out is another, but that's actually the <laughs> challenge and the opportunity of community. Mm, yeah. Right? So so anyway, that's that's some of the stuff that we've been processing as a staff and inviting the board into that thinking. But it's also quite uh, both energizing and a little scary to be honest. <laughs> uh, and well, I feel like that
1: that's the that's the challenge, that's the tension that we get to walk constantly. In, in wrestling with something that is localized, but scattered, uh, a gospeling and a fellowshipping. They're these, these, these lines that we understand, they're actually, if we look at it logically, they're, they don't make sense to go together. Um, but that is what we do in faith constantly when we're approaching God's character um, and growing in maturity is, is that tension. Um, and
0: I like that word, like that tension. The tension of community builds that right, so mm-hmm. it's really easy to hang out with people that you like, or who think like you. Mm-hmm. Like we all like to do that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know, in in my vocational life, having been, uh, I've just observed that in in the in, in the church where you you're, you're you love talking shop with people who think like you, and you don't have to be a pastor to do that. We all like have our the, the 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 teacher or preacher we like to listen to and usually it's it kind of all flows together but the tension of ephesians 4 is actually things that are quite opposite work together Mm -hmm. and there's a i quoted david fitch have his book here faithful presence you can't see it on the podcast but it's a great book what he what he talks about is there is a uh, discipline built into the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, and the discipline is living in the tension with one another. Mm-hmm. So how,
2: how the the tension of how your gifts, your strengths, interact with mine, because sometimes they rub. Yeah, sometimes they're in conflict, or a difference of perspective and purpose and passion, and so then, how do we uh, leverage that actually for good? And, and uh, so that we're actually sharpening iron, sharpening iron.
0: And so it doesn't produce, con- uh, and even, that, even where it produces conflict, that that can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's sometimes the conflicts that we feel are, uh, they unsettle us because, well, you've offended me or whatever you know, we, we, again, again? I'm sure I've offended you. I am sure I have offended you many times, (laughs) but you have been gracious with me and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but that instead of, instead of it moving toward offense where I go, you have a gift to offer me and then our gift together strengthens the body, strengthens the whole. And, and so there's that tension, that elasticity that produces, you know, movement. Uh, and then there's also the, the, in the best word, the kind of the conflict that causes different sides to different, uh, strengths to, to be that ironing, sharpening iron. Like,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: wow. How, how have you, Gar- I'm just curious, Marissa, can I ask a question? Like, oh, uh, <laughs> you take I'm just job. curious, okay. Garth, who is like the, the sage among us, um, Garth, like, where have you seen that actually be really fruitful, like in your own personal journey and story of seeing when when the when you've been with a group of disciples, it could be big or small, but where they finally kind of really leaned into that. Do you have a
2: That's that's a great question. Um in in our journey groups and in other um small groups that I have been involved with, particularly in the last ten, twelve years, um as I've started to mature. <laughs> I think.
1: Oh boy, if that's when you start. (laughs) (laughs) We'll eventually get there. We will always have.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think I fully understood until the last 10 or 12 years how important it is to have deep relationships with other disciples, whether you're completely vulnerable, where you can speak the truth, where you can receive the truth about yourself, both the good and the bad. Like to be able to receive people's perspective of what what they see in me as my gifts and strengths and actually embrace that and accept it and not kind of have that false humility that well no not really I'm not that good at that but to be able to say yeah God's given me that and I want to use that but also my dark side like people being able giving them permission to poke at me and say Garth you need to look at this area of your walk and uh, so that has been like gold in, in my development. Um, in um, my definition of discipleship that I use based on uh, Gordon T. Smith's work, um, a disciple is a person moving toward maturity in Christ who reflects a life of biblical wisdom, a sense of calling, a concern for others, and a life of deep joy, love, And power. And every time I look at that, I am reminded of how do I get there? Hmm. How do I reflect that kind of wisdom, that sense of call, the love for others? Um, That takes intentionality, that takes um, effort, it takes spending time in the Word, in prayer, but it also needs community. Mm -hmm. I cannot Mm -hmm. do any of that without community. So to give you an example, just from yesterday, um, I was uh, meeting with uh, a team of people that we put together to uh, rebuild our benevolence policy. And um, it was so much fun because writing policy is not a fun gig.
0: There are people who love it.
2: There there are.
0: And and we uh, should pray for them. (laughs)
1: we need those people we do need them we,
0: we, do we need should them. reward them <laughs> we should pray for more of them and then we should pray for them so yeah
2: but together as we each put our thoughts on the table something really cool came out of that that team of um how do we actually care for our people through that benevolence uh work that uh, we can be up to and so it was that that dynamic of the different ideas coming together, and there were no right or wrong answers. We just were able to put our stuff on the table, mm-hmm. and uh, push back, and um, just like we are as a as a staff team, learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. And Phil, you're really good at accepting when we push back, <laughs> and hopefully we are and vice versa.
0: I think I think this like really applies to like what we would dream for in terms of hubs and and not idealistically like it's easy to go like oh now we're into the and I can be prone to this now we're in this moment wouldn't it be awesome if we had like these you know functioning healthy gospeling and fellowshipping small groups of small communities of KGFers all over this area Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's a I actually that inspires me and
1: it's our tendency to be idealistic because that's what keeps us moving forward Totally. But if we don't have the opportunity to d- address the challenges, to understand the grief process that, that we lose out on, on yeah and that's a good, even. That's
0: a good word you're raising, Marissa, of the grief, right? Like I think in this, so in this, just listening to both of you, like in, in this moment that we're in, I think there's both these, these opportunities and this desire for community and the need for community, like Garth's saying, and there's also grieving. Mm-hmm. Like there's a grieving that, like, you know, how we functioned as a community of faith four months ago is fundamentally different. Like, it's just, it's just entirely different. What we woke up as a staff team and, you know, thinking we're going to do together on March the, Sunday, March the 7th, was in completely different by Sunday, March the 15th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Entirely different. And that week, you, we, everybody pivoted. Everybody shifted. Every home shifted, every nursing home shifted, everything like just shifted. And so I think, you know, you mentioning that word grief is really important because you also need a community to grieve. Mm-hmm. You mourn know, with
1: those who mourn. Yeah, you need a community
0: yeah. to grieve and you need a community for joy. And so many of us are longing for that community. I think at, in, at, this, at the core of a desire for there to be hubs, is a place where even in the smallest way, we can bring people into uh, a life where they're co-creating something, where they're known, where, you know, they're sharpening one another. Uh, but but not not so much as like kind of the classic Bible study that has its place, but not, not so much that way. as just this real place of encountering the Spirit, being in the Word, uh, but being on mission together. And then you know, in these really small ways, addressing our griefs. Like, what am I lamenting? Well, there's a good chance we're not meeting together in our building like we had for who knows how long. We Mm -hmm. don't actually know how to even answer that. So I have great respect in the 60th year of KGF of the people who have helped shape how we've come to where we've come.
2: And in those hub communities, uh, much like all through the Psalms, David and the various authors in psalms have, I, they talk about their grief, their laments, their struggles very openly. Um, and right now, when you think of grief, there's many stages of grief. Uh, and we can be angry. Uh, we can get depressed. Uh, there's deep disappointment. Uh, there's loss of um, the direction that we were headed or thought we were headed. And to be able to talk about that, to be honest, hey, I'm really ticked. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I'm really missing where I thought we were gonna be.
0: This is another podcast, but we can deal with Garth's what is Garth angry about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's break it down. How do you really feel? Yeah, that won't fit in this podcast. <laughs> 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 but I, I think that's real, right? Like it's real to feel all those things and there's mm-hmm. um like the the honesty of that. Is often, I think, is what people are missing right now. That's what I'm missing, right? So, so how do we start to live into that into the next while? Um, where will, where and how will we be meeting? And, I, and and that's beyond what it means to actually like be together, like for a worship service. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that, right? It's like, it's actually, what are we? What is the spirit of God encouraging us to learn more deeply? Well, one of the values of KGF is real in relationships. Well, to bring this stuff like you're just talking about, Garth, there, there's a realness of our relating with one another that I have seen emerging. Like in my triad, for instance, this morning I met with my triad. Man, it's so beautiful, so like sharpening. Um, our life group has had some of that same kind of dynamic. Um, and then the other piece of that that I'm wrestling with is being on mission. So it's easy as. Like, and I've been a believer for a while, but then it's easy to like kind of become internalized and keep working at this maturity thing. But maturity also happens as you do, as new people are brought in, mm-hmm. as new new people come to faith, and and the 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 mission of God gets lived out through people who are growing and maturing and figuring it out as they go. <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And that's actually one of the advantages of a hub is that you actually know who's new. And you get to know their names. And uh, I was just thinking about this uh, last night that, man, uh, that that old friends analogy of uh, they know your name.
0: That's cheers. Cheers, yes. Yeah. So we're dragging stuff up from I the past. Got Petra, no, I got nothing. It on was Petra last week, it's cheers <laughs> this week. You want to go where everybody knows your name. That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to become more relevant let's go yeah yeah please marissa <laughs> drag us into
0: 2020 i'm not the one to do it <laughs> sorry you're the young one in this group yeah
1: i'm not that helpful <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh man i love that and and this idea too of of maturity and gifting um is that individual call of what is god equipping me specifically and, and that's what i want to ask our, our listeners to be thinking about as we process this this hub concept of um, what has God equipped me specifically for this community to draw out and draw up? Um, and how, how do I edify the body of Christ? Like we play that part, we shape our culture in, in living God out in our world. Um, and for me, that's profound because a lot of times when this conversation is very high and like this ideal, um, vision of hubs plus processing grief, um, there's still a sense of, of joy and, um, yeah, learning as well. And that's part of our community saying like, I may not know what I'm equipped for, but I can watch my brothers and my sisters and I can call them out and say, this is what I see in you. And that's, like when we talk about that, that's really what I'm excited about Yeah, is to join a community and go, let's, let's take a look at, at God in the midst of us. Um,
0: and, yeah. and what you're pointing out is like those gifts. Um, so like if a couple of weeks ago, we encouraged people to do the, the five fold survey test, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, it's just, it's just a, it's just a basic assessment tool and is not perfect, but it exposes something, but you actually don't learn your gifts through a survey. Right, it can make, it can give you language <laughs> for it, uh, but you begin to understand God's empowering of you in the in the place of community, right? Where you, where you get called out and to go like, "Do you see this about you?" Uh, no. Well, you're already doing it. Mm-hmm. It's always clear to the rest of us that if we need a, somebody to speak about this thing, we ask you, right? Or to lead us in this way, we ask you. It's funny, like as a as a staff team, think about it when we when we think about you know, in the good old days of four months ago, or be like, oh, we need somebody for, who's God calling and equipped to do this thing? It's amazing how quickly you can go, oh, that person. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily always see it themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, what's
1: interesting too is, is I actually had a conversation with a mom the other day, and she simply stated, and I, I didn't even realize it for some reason, but it was just so profound in the moment. She goes, you cannot give maturity to yourself. Uh-huh. It's something you can't ab- obtain. It's it's either re- received by God, either by God Himself or by your community, and I'm like, wow. and the hard way, and usually Mat- the hard- <laughs> maturity comes
0: the hard way. There's no shortcut, to but maturity. It, but
1: it, it it takes that ownership of like striving, of grasping for straws, of of that stress off of you to go. I actually have to rely on my community, which creates that sense of interdependence. It builds that maturity naturally
0: right and so then when we think about um so my personal belief is that everybody everybody has a bent in that apostle prophet evangelist shepherd teacher like god has wired each of us to like kind of we bend in one of the maybe maybe more than one a bit right but but we we tend to have a bent in a direction uh those then we call out to lead and give like leadership with those gifts are those who demonstrate maturity in christ the presence of the holy spirit and we can point to them out of the community and say they should lead us mm-hmm. in this right and then we receive their maturing which matures us uh but it's that discipline uh and so you we, we don't actually strive to lead we're called to lead mm-hmm. and that happens in community that's one of the be- benefits that a hub can have right we and so as we would move forward i think what we're looking for is where are the where are the mature people who have these gifts um, that can live it in a localized way, in a in a in a hubbing way, uh, and we as a staff team also discovering, you know, because we're 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 called by the church to serve in a particular way, but we also have our own bends, mm-hmm. right? And so we're learning as well to live in that tension and sharpening and the joy of releasing things to one another that. Go better and mature us as we function. So uh, that that place of community, as Garth's reminding us, is so crucial in this. And and then the opportunity to discover and you know, what God has made us for to co-create His kingdom.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and when we use that word, word leadership, um, it's always a um, in a healthy way. If it's going to be healthy, it has to be a leadership of companionship. Yes, um, I cannot lead alone. Um, I need. Joel and Marissa and Phil and the team to walk beside us. Um, we often think of leaders as the, the people up front on the stage or the sage on the stage, and that, that definitely isn't what I think of in terms mm-hmm. of leadership. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for leading us, Marissa.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. And to kind of close off, I thought I would read a little bit of the Ephesians 4 passage. Um, and Ephesians 4, verse 11. Uh, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until we attain, until, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, I'm so excited for where we're going to go. And um, for those who are listening um, I, I want to leave a challenge with you. The first, the first is this. Um, what have people been saying about you? Uh, what have they been calling out in you? And at the same time, what are you calling others out to? And to be focusing on that, to, to begin at that place, um, to stretch those muscles of, of looking at community and depending on community. Um, and so my friends, thank you for joining us.